0: Welcome to Arguments with Words, the podcast where prop tech and mortgage leaders meet to talk marketing, branding, and the future of real estate. Now, here's your host, Neil Helsper.
1: Welcome to Arguments with Words. My guest today is Bobby Stewart, who is founder of Revise. Bobby, thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks, Neil. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. First, tell us just what is Revise? What have you built and what does it offer people?
0: Revise is a tech startup. So we sit at the intersection of software buyers and sellers. And our mission is to bridge that gap between vendors and clients to make it easier for them to discover, buy, and manage products and services. So our very first product launch, Revise.com, is a vendor discovery and review platform that specifically helps multifamily real estate owners and operators Connect with prop tech vendors so they can find new solutions, compare authentic user reviews, and um, find the best products and services to help them run their portfolio.
1: You can definitely see the value in this. Like, I, you know, just being in the space also sometimes feels like a little bit of like choice paralysis. Like, there are, you know, depending on which, which niche of prop tech you're looking at, it's like there are so many options. And there's nothing to like harness all those options or narrow them down for me. What was the... Is that kind of what you saw when before you started Revise? Like what was the catalyst of, of starting it?
0: You know, it was interesting. My background, I started out on the vendor side of the industry. So actually working for a tech company. It was a company called G5, which was acquired by RealPage that focused on marketing technology for owners and operators And I spent five years there designing products, building products to sell to customers. Shortly after there, I had a really brief stint in the ILS world and joined Realtor.com and saw that side of the industry where they're heavily focused on the consumer and understanding renter data. And then I came to the client side of the industry, which was a big change for me and joined a company called BH as a senior executive. And in that experience, when I became the buyer of technology and prop tech, instead of the builder and the seller of technology, I realized firsthand how fractured and fragmented the industry is and how hard it is to navigate the vendor ecosystem, especially when it comes to prospect and resident data and connecting those systems on the back end. So even the act of managing and using software is exceptionally difficult in this industry. And through COVID, there was a massive boom in the adoption of PropTech Mm -hmm. because overnight, we were no longer able to tour apartments in person. And so we immediately had to look for technology to help fill the gaps. And so there was huge adoption of tech like self-guided touring or virtual touring platforms. People were really looking at enhancing their online leasing flows. And how do we leverage these new prop tech companies to help us um, service our residents and prospects when we can't be there in person? So it was like a cornucopia of tech overnight, Mm -hmm. and we onboarded dozens of new vendors during that 2-year time period, it was really challenging to cut through the noise and understand, okay, I see the marketing speak that you have on your website, but I don't actually know what you do. How do I figure out what kind of businesses you service? What integrations you have? Will you work with my backend system? What's your pricing? Can I even afford this? And so over the course of that two-year period, I really came to love and hate this problem of how to navigate the proptech landscape, especially in multifamily where you're making more of an enterprise purchase. And so it kind of became our mission to help solve this.
1: I think that's always like so, such a good place to be as a founder, as an entrepreneur is like, you're solving your own problem first or like you've right. lived. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. It doesn't have to be your problem, but that's always especially powerful to me. I think as a, when you start something and you're like, ultimately, I'm going to solve my own problem because I know other people have this problem and I have this visceral attachment to it because I've, I've had these pain points before.
0: Right. It was really interesting too. The other side of it was more personal, but I used to hear all the time. That the multifamily industry is 10 years behind. And we would get told that constantly. And part of it, you know, we looked up to the hospitality industry because they seemed so much further ahead than we were. And every time I heard that, I would say, yeah, but we don't have to be. And part of it's not our fault. We want to yeah. be, we want to build these fluid tech stacks that really help us understand our consumer and understand how renters move through the resident life cycle, but nobody's selling tech that talks to each other. And if they are, I can't find it. And so part of my mission is to rid the industry of that phrase. So sometime in the next handful of years, we will never hear that multifamily is 10 years behind any longer. (laughs)
1: That's a great mission. Like it's a good, good, ambitious thing to shoot towards. I love that. Yeah. I totally, it resonates what you're saying. Like in terms of being able to, you know, look at prop tech companies and you're like, it's one of two things. It's either like, like you said, very slick marketing. I don't really understand what you do or the opposite. I think I understand what you do, but this doesn't feel very appealing or it's all in tech language. And so there definitely is that challenge right now of for companies in the space. How do you strike that middle ground making a product that is somewhat complicated sometimes, easy to understand, but also marketing in a way that really resonates with people. And that, that's yeah. what I'm sure a lot of people on your platform are, are dealing with right now.
0: It's interesting. When we went through the exercise, the revised team of populating the first 600 vendors on the platform, when we launched 12 weeks ago in June, 12, 16, we had that challenge in that we were personally combing through These websites to understand, okay, what category is this piece of technology? What does it actually do? And through that exercise, we came across both of those scenarios. It was either, oh, wow, this website uses the exact same words as the one that we just looked at, they're carbon copies of each other. I have no idea why this one is different. Or, I actually cannot figure out what it is they're selling because it is just a jumble of buzzword soup. And so going through that exercise really brought to light, it it solidified the problem and the challenge that operators face when they're trying to shop for PropTech. And so we've had so many great conversations with vendors, especially CMOs and heads of marketing. About how to refine messaging and positioning and really hone in on what is it that makes your solution different? And then how can you reflect that in your messaging and your branding to easily explain to someone in market who's shopping why they should take a second look at you? And Neil, I feel like you can relate to that.
1: Absolutely. That's the whole job. But yeah, but I and I empathize with with founders or executives, like there's a lot. To do it once i mean you're developing tech you're launching tech you're often those have in various integrations you need to manage you're onboarding people you're getting, and to do all those things and also be on top of all the marketing while you're trying to sell something in an emerging industry I mean, it's so much to do so it makes sense that there would be some weak spots somewhere and i suppose of all the good things i mean of all the things I guess you'd rather have the weak spot be in your marketing than in your actual products or in your operations. But I, I empathize with people. It's a lot.
0: It's true. Startup life.
1: Yeah. It's true. So you talked about, you know, we're talking about some of the, the struggles or the challenges maybe that these companies are up against. But in your experience and seeing so many vendors having so many on your platform, are there specific trends in... The industry that you're excited about, are there any companies that come to mind that are doing something really different? I mean, you've been exposed to so many startups, so many existing companies. What what are some of the positive things that you're seeing?
0: There are a lot of companies emerging who are really willing to look at a more modernized go-to-market process. And so a lot of what you would see in the multifamily industry, specifically five years ago, It's like the steak dinner sales process, where it was just all about networking, all about who you knew, trying to get that face-to-face meeting. And that was how deals were done. And that put a huge emphasis on relationships. It put a huge emphasis on being visible in person at events like trade shows Whereas now we're seeing an emergence of companies who are willing to lean more heavily into buyer enablement, where they have a more transparent go-to-market process. So they're publishing their pricing really transparently and they're publishing their integration partners and they're providing things like self-guided demos or product explainer videos, where as a buyer, you can go and have an initial introduction to that company without having to agree to the steak dinner. And I think that is really catering more toward today's buyer. As millennials become the primary decision maker when it comes to B2B software purchases, those are the companies that we're really seeing generate a flurry of activity and in-market buyers are really excited to research those companies because it's fresh it's new it's transparent they can shop on their own time they can do it on their phone while they're scrolling and watching the news on the sofa in the evening right it's yeah. it's catering more toward the multitasking way that buyers shop for software and tech today and so those are the really interesting companies as far as category goes, you know we see a lot of shifts in interest at a category level because by the nature of our vendor marketplace, we can see category level traffic. And it's interesting because it's a good mix. There are those... I don't want to call them boring categories, but the, the categories that just aren't sexy because they are necessary for doing business. Yeah. Like advertising and CRM. They're just the tried and true. You have to have these in order to conduct day-to-day business. And those categories are really strong still. At the same time, we're seeing a lot of interest in newer categories as well. So resident financial services is a big, where operators are looking at leveraging new platforms that help with credit reporting and rent reporting to help provide a really tangible amenity to residents that the industry hadn't previously had. In addition, screening and verification is becoming pretty hot category as well as touring technology is still really interesting. So everything from interactive maps to how do I leverage video content or Self guided touring through smart home technology.
1: That's great to hear that some of those less, because I, I looked at the categories on your site, you're right, and there's some that jump out to you, right? Like touring technology, that's always fun. Like that's always yeah. going to be cool. And you were like, how, how advanced is this now? Like how I can drag and drop, I can go 3D, I can walk through this whole space. And then there are things like parking management and stuff like that. That's right. like, it's just innately not as interesting, but that's great to hear that people are finding that and using those as a resource. Because you're right, they're they're vital to operations. So it's cool that there's a place for that. You yeah, know, you talked right. about kind of like the millennial market and closer to being digital natives, maybe than if they're not fully digital natives, at least closer to it than previous generations. And I, I see the value in that. Like, I don't like... I'm an old millennial. I don't like to waste time. I love to research things beforehand. They're like, is this worth committing to? I like to find out everything about it before I go do it. Can you talk about like the power of reviews and some of the other like points of information that somebody will be able to is able to find out about a company on revise. Because I think that's so important.
0: It is. It is. And every time we do surveys and conduct these studies, I'm mind blown because the stats sound unbelievable, but it's true. Like it's true because this is the way that we have been trained to consider and shop before making a decision now. And I like to blame Amazon for this new consumer behavior where we are just review junkies. We want to know what people like us have experienced when they've made a similar purchase. So one of the biggest stats that we have recently, it's over 92% of buyers want to read authentic user reviews before making a software purchase. And this is specific to software, which is so cool to see. Because historically, software buying has been that arduous process of getting dropped into a funnel where you're fed downloadable content for weeks and weeks until um, you're qualified enough to talk to a sales rep who's not going to give you pricing until you get to the third call, right? And so that's really cool. We have actually surveyed the industry ourselves and... All of the buyers who we surveyed, 100% of them said that authentic user reviews would influence their purchase decision. So Mm. it's really compelling. It is almost unbelievable because it's so high, but the data backs up the story that we have just been trained to lean on user reviews, whether or not we have a personal connection to that person. Doesn't actually influence the weight that we put behind that review as long as it's authentic and it's a real user of the software
1: That's great. I know you've you've even expanded on you know some of that ability to see, talk about see other people's experiences, talk to people about their experiences with revised community. Can you talk about the launch of that and and what that involves?
0: We just launched the revised community. I think it was three and a half weeks ago now, which has been really cool to see. So, At the launch of the Discovery Platform, we had so much feedback that our users wanted to take the conversation to the next level. So kind of a double-click down. It's, okay, I'm researching this category, I'm reading user reviews, and now I really want to get into the small details of, okay, but how did you operationalize this? How did you train your on-site teams to log into this new platform? How did you work the integration into your back-end systems? So users were asking us for a place to have those deeper conversations. So it was really a natural outcome to be able to provide a community platform where users of Revise could get together and have those deeper conversations. So we launched just a few weeks ago, membership options for both vendors and buyers, because we felt like the conversation was richer and more engaging when both sides of the table could be involved. So users can post questions, join discussion channels, leave comments, join live events or roundtables on dozens of topics, primarily focused on prop tech, but also just the fringes of how do we run our business on a day-to-day basis, really being able to create that community and helping our members connect and get deeper feedback to make better buying decisions.
1: That's excellent. And I'm sure that allows for a lot of maybe more candid conversations, I would think, because you're in a, a tighter knit community about like feedback on things like the sales process. Like what you're talking about, like hey, I don't like I don't like being fed through this whole like dog and pony show of there's four rounds and you don't tell me the pricing and I never get to see the demo until I'm qualified and all this stuff. Like that's great. It's great for both sides. It's great for both buyers and sellers to be able to have some of those conversations and share feedback with each other. Because that doesn't necessarily happen a lot. People are very polite on LinkedIn. And I'm sure they're very polite in a revised community too. But (laughs) it offers a chance for that kind of back and forth.
0: Yeah, they are. And LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is for networking. It's not for digging into deeper conversations. Because the moment someone posts valuable content on LinkedIn and you try to go back and search for it, you will never find it. I think it's, they it's do true. that on purpose. They do that on purpose. But in the revised community, it's all of the content archived and categorized. So you can go back and see, oh, there was that conversation about leasing AI and Michelle was talking about it. You can just search and it'll take you right back to that post. And it's been cool so far to see a lot of our operators and buyers are... Using the community to actually hone their requirements, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. So it's, hey, I'm shopping this category of maintenance tech, and I want to find a company that does 24 hour on site service or has an app for my maintenance techs or will allow us to upload training videos for residents to do DIY fixes on small items that need service. And They're getting to go back and forth with their peers to say, oh, have you thought about this? Or when we shopped this category, we found X, Y, and Z. And so we ended up going with a provider who offered that. So it's cool to see how the community is really helping to shape the front end of the shopping process. And operators can lean on each other to better define their requirements before they go into the discovery platform to shop and shortlist, which I think is just going to help increase sales cycles, reduce friction in the buying process, and make it easier for prop tech companies to demo and to solve pain points during the sales process as well. Yeah.
1: And for such a young industry, I mean, it's great for for vendors too to get feedback to hear things like that. Like, this is how we search for a vendor. This is how we found you. These are our requirements because these companies are so young and they have the chance to right. evolve and make those... Changes hopefully and you know faster than a like a legacy, somebody in a legacy industry would. Definitely. You, you said that you know, revise revise is pretty young as well. You said two about 12 weeks. I know the community has recently launched. What's some of the feedback that you've heard from your members or users so far?
0: We are. We're such a young prop tech company, which is cool going through all of the chaos and pain of being a startup, but it's been fun and unexpectedly resounding support from the industry. And I say unexpectedly because we assumed it would take a lot longer to build up the marketplace than it actually has, which mm-hmm. is is incredible to see that we have now about 3 million um, buyers representing 3 million units shopping our platform. So a significant chunk awesome. of the multifamily industry is shopping the platform well over 100,000 views since launch. And so for a small industry, the volume of people who've engaged with Revise so far has been incredible. And I think we have spent a total of $300 on marketing. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like you said earlier, like you said earlier, marketing is the first thing to take a backseat when yeah. you're in the chaos of startup world, right? But it's been great. And... I think it it speaks to the validity of the pain point Absolutely. that the industry has been so fast to take advantage of this resource, right? It's free for operators and buyers to shop. So why wouldn't you build this in as part of your vendor selection process?
1: Yeah, it's clearly a great idea. Obviously, there was a need for it if people are are joining the platform with you know so little traditional promotion of it, that's awesome well. I love what you're doing. Love the idea of building this resource and also building that community where people can share these ideas. I know people can find out more and check out the site for themselves at revise.com, right? That's R-E-V-Y-S-E.com. Are you guys headed out to any any more shows soon? Or are there anywhere, anywhere else they can network with you or connect with you?
0: We are. We are actually getting ready to announce our next product launch at NMHC's Optech in Las Vegas in November. Nice. And we're super excited to be at that event. We're going to be co-hosting a couple of events with some of our incredible vendor partners, um, holding some roundtable interviews with our buyers and operators, and just generally helping to bring the industry together. But yes, in the meantime, definitely head over to Revise.com, R-E-V-I-S-E.com, and check it out.
1: Awesome. Bobby Stewart, founder of Revise, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks, Neil. Thanks for listening to Arguments with Words, the Mortgage and PropTech branding podcast. To learn more about Neil, connect with him on LinkedIn or visit neilhelsberg.com.